Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. We're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that we can stay employed. And, and I mean in a tough market. Um, and so bring you, implied, while we're bringing you, it's implied our, our candid, would never unvarnished right. views on stocks. Uh, every week we get together and uh, kind of kick back and relax and survey the damage and talk stocks. Um, and we look for the way we do this to structure for the show. Are you talking to me? Because I already know how we Yeah, do I guess it. you do. We, yeah. uh, we use that week's value line investment survey. Uh, but before we look at this week's uh, issue, we want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. We may own all the stocks we're guarantee. talking about. We may have other nasty conflicts of interest. Just you know, just assume the worst, and, and that way you won't be disappointed. Um, most importantly, we really just rely on the one-page value line reports, and we may not know anything about what we're talking about. I know about. very little this week. Vern. In fact, you should assume that front. in all cases yeah, also. Exactly. Uh, to learn more about us, please visit our website at www. Hey, that's new. I bet there aren't a lot of other websites that start that way. The Value Guys, thevalueguys.com. www.thevalueguys.com. The second half of the show, I'm going to come back with three, I mean, really high quality, attractive, long term buy ideas. Um, and if you'll please, please, please just hold on through the first half of the show. And then you know and we'll hold get to the questions. Also. <laughs> get to the high quality we'll be names. Taking questions right at the end. First, we're going to turn the show over to, uh, um, well, to my uh, my older colleague, Val Hughes. Thank you, Vern. I think I mean that's just bare bones, isn't this it? This is the it is. This is the uh, this is this right. this week is the uh, retail issue. I guess I didn't really introduce it. People know that. Uh, there, there they know. Yeah, well, okay, well, listen, first up, I want to apologize. The show's very late. It's Monday, a lot of logistical issues, and uh, we had some people write in about that, which shocked me, frankly, that anyone would care. But thanks for those notes. We are getting to the show. Uh, you know, the alternative Because of our commitment remotely. to you. Yeah, what happened. Yeah. Now, this week, one of the reasons to do the show is that this week was the retail issue. And when you look around, you know, the market for a while there it was the worst market since the 30s. All of a sudden, then it's the best market since the 30s. Wow. <laughs> so if you've just lived a short time, you're having the opportunity to get the best stuff of, you know, since the 30s right away, whereas some of us have had to wait our whole careers to have the best That's and something. the worst. So anyway, so you're in on something. Fortunately, we're on the part where it's been the best. Because, you know, that's more fun. And when I'm looking around, the portfolios have been doing very well. If you're looking at Val's best picks on the website, we're finally seeing some green, and that's good. There are about three years of my best ideas out there, which is pretty brave because a few weeks ago it was all red. Well, find, red and find that years. somewhere else, why don't you? Three years uh, of red. Now we're getting some green. The numbers are looking pretty good. But when you look around to see, well, what hasn't moved, it's... Thankfully for the show this week, the retailers. Oh, they've moved some. They have. I shouldn't say. But they've moved from near death. So some of them are up 20 30%, but that's from like 1 to 130 when, you know, three years ago they were at 30 So you have to look around in there. Now, as a value guy, my problem is that, you know, do any of these guys actually have an edge at anything other than 
mall locations of which no one's walking by anymore. It's hard. When you're looking for value, you know, what do these things really have in terms of value when they're commodities? There's a guy across the mall. They don't have pricing power because people can shop in the mall. Have you ever seen they the street vendors in a, in, an urban, in a major urban center? They sell all this stuff on the street. No, I, I Indistinguishable. Have. Uh, and so, you know, you have to question whether these things have a lot of value, and I'll just say that up front. Now, that's not going to stop me from recommending three terrific value-ish names this week out of the retail issue. I only went into retail. It's one of the areas where you, I think you really have some upside. Some of these are going to go up a lot. It may be one of these three I'm talking about, or it may be one of the other ones <laughs> I'm not talking about, but I have a feeling that, should cover that I've got a pretty good shot here with one of these. First up, Abercrombie, ticker ANF, page 2163. Now, this is the classic stock where you might question whether they do anything that has an edge, and I admit that right up front. But here's the thing. Uh, this company has held its ground on price, for the most part, relative to most retailers. So when we went into the abyss... They held their gross margin better than other people. Now, the downside was their sales were down among the most, and their same store sales, that means sales in existing stores, were down 20 25% over the holidays and even into the most recent period, including April, which they reported a few weeks ago or a few days ago. Um, and so, okay, here's what I'm asking myself about Abercrombie. This thing, for the last five years, has averaged a price-to-sales ratio of about nearly three. And right now, uh, I think the sales per share this year are estimated to be 35 bucks. The stock's at 25 Now, why am I looking at price sales when, you know, I don't get that, I get earnings? It's because the margin, we have no idea what the margin's going to be. It's moving around. Companies that discount, they might have a lower margin, but they'll have higher sales. They'll get leverage on fixed costs. These guys held their margin. That means they have more fixed costs over lower sales. So the operating margins are moving around. Your best shot here is to try to guess what earnings power is, look over a history of margins, and ask yourself, can those return? And when I look at Abercrombie, I go back for literally 10 years. They're earning mid-20s on operating margin, and I know it's a commodity, but that says something's proprietary, and it's got to be in part the brand, uh, they spend Fad. a lot on advertising, and they've got great locations, which last for a while. And they've also, uh, I think, managed to you know, get uh, advantages in, in, of course, advertising and sourcing because of their size. And so they, you know, and they, and they get great price. Their gross margin is 70% the last few years, and, I mean, no one gets that. Not, you know, that's, uh, I guess that's a 200% markup when you look at it. Not in so, a barrel. I'm going to say that whatever the edge is here, I'm not sure. It's, it's some sort of positioning in the marketplace between psychographic, demographic locations. And I'm going to make a guess that they can get back near their old operating margins and they can get back approaching their old price sales ratios, which mean this stock, means this stock can be, you know, $70, $80. That's very bad analysis. All I've got is price sales and the assumption that they can get back to that. They have uh, just a little bit of debt, 5% debt to capital. They've got $500 million in cash with 87 million shares, so that's seven, six, seven dollars $6, $7 a share on a $25 stock price. So you've got some cushion there. I think this thing could really go up, or else I also may be completely wrong. Abercrombie, ANF. Now, next up, Coach, 
COH, page 2181. Coach, same thing. What do they do that you really need? If Coach went away, would anyone cry about it? Well, you know what? Yes. Who? Husbands. Mrs. Coach. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> husbands who build the whole gifting routine around Coach. It's like you need to know one thing, quality product and affordable price. You go, they're at every mall, and you just start buying a lot of Coach stuff. There's a lot of things, birthdays, anniversaries. Well, they're Valentine's careful to day. introduce new ideas new every colors, year. They stay fashionable, and they did what Swatch did for watches when introduced the idea that you could have multiple purses. It's a fashion thing, whereas the last generation, women had one big purse they carried around for their whole lives. Now you have ten purses, <laughs> right? How about your mom? It might be a little mom. general. Right, exactly. But... <laughs> now, again, just like uh, Abercrombie, these guys have something going on in an area where you might want to say commodity. They're putting up 75% gross margins. They're putting up 40% returns on capital, operating margins. Well, they the take 30s. a big write-off. Uh, there's no write-offs here, my friend. No. These, things, these guys have just put up the numbers. They have a 20% net profit margin, and that just says they're getting enormous markups because of their, mm. you know, whatever, fashion, location, convenience, you name it, they've got all three, and they've got a direct marketing business, which helps helps keep customer acquisition costs Import. low. Yeah. They've got a lot of recent uh, insider buys. Ooh, Again, 2% debt to capital, um, so no debt. Also, $500 million in cash. What are these guys in the $500 million of cash club or something with Abercrombie? Uh, yeah, they both have nearly identical cash levels. Um, these guys, though, have a lot more shares, $300 million, so 500 is only a buck fifty on a $25 stock. They pay a little dividend, and my valuation on here is very similar because I don't have good you know, feeling for what the operating margin is going to shake out at near term. Price sales is often a, you know, a better read, and when I look back on this thing over time, sales per share, this thing has generally sold at enormous multiples of sales because of their high margin. So I just have one question. Is the margin going to be eroded? And I think what we've learned in the last few months is we're not falling into the abyss. And that's good for purses and all kinds of things. Unemployment has stayed below past levels. The market itself, which is the best predictor of the economy, is saying that things are going to get better sooner rather than later. And so I think Coach can return right. to its old uh, levels. Or even if it approaches them, and I'm wildly wrong, this is an enormous stock. The stock's 25. If they get back to even three times sales, uh, well, three times sales. Well, four times, this thing has sold for years, Vern, at uh, ten times sales. So mm. even if they get to four or five times, you got a a big upside in coach. And again, no debt. So these retailers have been left for dead. I think there's a chance that um, this is the final group that'll move. And they've moved a little bit already. The low on this was 11. It's at 25. So it is up a bit. But the high two years ago was 54. And sales per share are higher now. So I do think it's something you can get back to. Well, because margins are down. Right, of course. Well, of course. But what I'm saying is that the margin is going to come back. Ah. That's what I'm saying. Margins are down because no one's been buying anything, and you have to spread fixed costs. But they will be again sometime in the future. GDP is only down. Ah. Income is only down a few percent. That's the point. It's that funny time out there called the future again. Talbots, TLB. Page twenty. Are they going out of business? That's the call. That's all you have to ask yourself. Are they going out of business? If the answer is no, buy the stock. And I'm going to bet the answer is no. These guys, again, on a sales per share basis, are putting up twenty dollars a share. 
they do have debt, but it's uh, 35% debt to capital. This company got into a lot of trouble. Of course, this is the old you know, women's apparel chain. They do stores. They do direct marketing. They're upscale, classic looks, and they, uh, you know, they've been around since the 40s. And they made a big mistake a few years ago, which is that they bought the J. Jill brand. Mm-hmm. And they thought they could get synergies from J. Jill's direct marketing. They have direct marketing. You know, apparel all comes from the same places. Maybe you get some economies of scale on the cost of the catalog, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, they well, also made a big investment in premium children's clothing, too. Well, that was a spin of the, of the yeah. Talbot's brand. But that didn't work. The J. Jill thing killed them. They expanded too much. They're retrenching. They're retrenching right now. They're write-offs. They're losing money because of write-offs. But here's what I like about Talbots. At the core, they have a direct marketing business, which means they have a list of customers for you know 50 years. They know who buyers are. They know how to sell them stuff in the mail. And they can, in effect, by selling or sending fewer catalogs, shrink their store base by not sending catalogs to marginal buyers. They can focus in on their core, resize their operation to, you know, right size to the economies of scale built around their current sales level, and I think they can get back to some decent margins. They do a billion dollars in sales, so you should be able to make money on that once you right size your systems, and they will. Their gross margins are in the 30s. You know, that's not great, but it's okay. And they're going to get back to some type of operating margin in the, you know, mid-upper single digits. But right now, they're selling at 10% of sales. Even if you think... What? 10%. $20 per share in sales, stock at $2. This is something that when you look back over time, and Value Line does a nice job of showing you prices over time and sales per share, they generally every year get to at least one time sales. The reason they don't get to 10 times is, A, they're not growing as fast as Coach. Coach just kept putting up more locations. You know, that's not part of the story here. And Coach has 70% gross margins, which over time can only get eroded, although they're not showing any sign of that. These guys are, you know, much more mature. So I would have a, you know, a one-time sales in mind for them. They, uh, that's, you know, what's that going to be? That's a 10, that's a 10-fold increase. Even if you get to half of that, you're in pretty good shape on Talbots. Um, I'm not getting into any of the detail here, obviously, but let me just say, I'll summarize, not good. And that's true for (laughs) all these retailers. They're not showing good numbers now. You've just shown numbers that are not as bad as they were in the holidays, so you get some confidence that you're not going into the abyss. You know, I've done a lot less work than I was hoping to on these, Vern, this week. But Talbots, I think, is a... Interesting opportunity. It's got bankruptcy risk, but I don't think that's going to happen. Talbot's TLB, page 2220. And with that, Vern, uh, and a, uh, a medium amount of ado this week. I don't need any more than a medium. Uh, here's to I you. I can generate my own momentum. Thank you very much. You're part of the show. Well, and I Good was looking at price to sales on my first idea, which is Wolverine Worldwide. And, um, is that the beverage break? Because we usually at least announce that it's a beverage break. Yeah, it was the like beverage we just break. Skipped over that Did, no, no, no. We had it, but no one said. I think it. you're just a little slow tonight. You didn't acknowledge it. You know, I don't know why you're why you continue to snipe at. Uh, I'm I'm at sorry. Was I sniping yeah, at you again? People don't like that. They write in about it. Uh, I think you ought to check on that. It's it's upsetting to me. My apologies, yeah, and um, you know, to our listeners and to you, Val. Thank you, thank you, Bert. Uh Meanwhile, back at the good stock idea ranch. Um, 
this stock has been able to get to one-time sales, I mean, virtually every year for the 10 years of history that they show, if not more in most years. And uh, this stock recently under $20, and Value Line's calling for 2010 sales of $24. So there's a nice short-term target maybe. Um, but what I like here is that uh, this is a uh, dominating player in the, uh, I guess you'd call it the commercial and consumer footwear business. Uh, Value Line has them in the quote-unquote shoe industry. And uh, if you don't know Wolverine, they have the Wolverine brand, which is both a work and sport brand. And I'm presuming, you know, benefits from association with the popular new movie that's out. And uh, they also own the Merrill brand. You probably well, own a pair of Merrills. They don't have brands that go by Wolverine, do they? Yeah, they do. They sell shoes under the name Wolverine? Under the name Wolverine. I am not they, also, they also have a business called Bates, which serves the U.S. military, which you may be familiar um, is in the process of expanding. Uh, they also have exclusive rights to market footwear under Caterpillar, Harley-Davidson, and Patagonia brands, which are um, uh, very strong, I think, brands in, depending on the category you're talking about, particularly Patagonia is a consumer brand. People are familiar with it. Uh, Value line showing this as north of $21. It's come down. So the market cap is not $1.1 billion. It's about $950 million. There's some debt, but less than $100 million and more than $50 million of cash. So really right at about a billion dollars of enterprise value or the price you'd have to pay if you're going to own all the outstanding debt and stock in the company. Forgot to talk about that. Uh, we, like to, we like to compare enterprise value then. <clears throat> so this gives us a way to neutralize the capital structure in, in looking at the valuation. You know, P.E. doesn't tell you whether the company has a lot of debt or not. Um, I can look at a billion dollars of enterprise value. They show an operating margin of 12.5%, sales of about $1.1 billion. These are projections for 2009, of course, and down significantly from 2008 numbers because of the recession. Um, and the multiple works out to be about seven times. So if I was going to buy this business, even though their business is down a lot, they're being pummeled by the recession, they do 60% of their business in the U.S., 40% abroad, um, I can get a, what, what is that, 14% return? I don't, I don't like the shoe companies. I know Buffett bought one, and he probably did fine with that. But you have to stock so many sizes, and you, only so many hits. I mean, I've owned the thing this that, before. It's hard to make money. It well, the it thing that's impressive, it well, it has up. historically, it went. Well, it, it's a relative, it, my friend. Yeah, it's been a better than market performer. Oh, over it's over the period since the last recession. Well, now it went sideways right from '05. From '01. Well, to if now, you pick the flat. top, if you pick a top and a bottom, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay then. That's what I'm doing. Gee, it does that do makes well. it different than most other stocks. It does. It does do okay coming out of a recession. I guess if that's what you're. That's about. well, most you know most stocks that have any economic sensitivity do. This stock is up off the bottom. Pays better than the two percent yield. And value line, they're only looking for sales growth of five percent, cash flow and earnings seven percent. Not sure why the company looks like it's. Uh, engineering and expansion in both peak and trough uh, operating margins. Their return on capital and shareholders' equity is up from the last uh, peak and downturn. So looks like there's been some really good things going on here. They have some kind of a realignment plan 
underway. They expect that to help the military business. They're making bolt-on acquisitions. I mean, this just looks like a real steady eddy kind of stock that um, you can buy at somewhat of a discount where I think Value Line may be underestimating the growth potential. Do they have Matter any, of fact, uh, brands? Yeah, we talked about them. Wolverine Hush and Hush Puppy. They have that, too. Did you mention I, that one? No, I didn't mention Hush Puppy. I think that's Hush their Puppy. best brand, isn't it? Well, I don't what else know. Do they have in there? I I never claimed. I mean, relative shoe brand share. That's the key. Do you That's know this? Key. Do I? Well, know then it? I think before anybody thinks about buying Wolverine worldwide, symbol is www. By the way, it's on page number twenty one sixty one. You know, I do the page numbers now. I you're doing a lot now. Things have really changed with you, Vern. I don't know what's going on. I'm I'm always trying to bring more to. Our listeners. Okay. The consumer, Good. if you will. Standing. Okay. Idea number two. <clears throat> a name that I've talked about before. Uh, this one's also up off its back. The stock, <clears throat> excuse me, recently about 28. Um, where did it bottom? 16 kind of territory late last year and early this year. So it's come up a lot, but the stock was also $50 last year at one I point. I think you've been a fan of this for a while. We Tiffany, about this. yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think, I mean, it, to me, this is a very, it looks to me to be a very powerful, durable brand. The company was founded, according to Value Line, in 1837, um, and uh, they uh, have a business that currently is had, still does a majority of its business in the Americas, and I just think there's a big opportunity to take share in other parts of the world. Don't they do a bunch in Japan? Um, Asia Pacific is a third of their business. Yeah, they do. Yeah. a, And my guess is that includes the Middle East because Europe is only shown at 10%. Um, but in the jewelry business, I mean, if you have a brand, in terms of product differentiation, I mean, you have almost limitless opportunities because jewelry is a miniature form of art. Well, Tiffany, I think, is starting to etch their brand into a diamond. So if you receive a Tiffany diamond under a, uh, you know, a, a microscope or maybe even a uh, uh, magnifying glass, yeah. you see their You can their actually name see etched. the name. It's a, yeah, they've yeah. branded. Right, okay. Diamonds. So yeah. see what I mean. Uh, I, I recently saw they've introduced a new product, which are, um, I think, mostly pendants that are different sizes of old-fashioned keys with different kinds of designs on the head. Gee, how many possibilities could that have? Some of them are completely diamond-encrusted. Some of them had no diamonds. Price range looked like it was 150 to like $10,000 or something Of course, like right that. now, no one's buying any other stuff. Well, it right? says their U.S. comps are down a third. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if, if you're going to buy this thing... That's where Abercrombie is, down a third. Right, isn't this... I mean, the, the question is whether you think it's a durable... Brand that has growth potential. Value line says cash flow and earnings eight to nine percent, no double digits. Um, I'm looking at what ten times gross cash flow. Uh, operating margins have been around twenty percent for years. Return on total capital is in the mid-teens. Looks like it might be up cycle to cycle. Uh, they've been cutting costs like crazy. Apparently, they've offered early retirement programs. They had a sixteen-store jewelry store. Well, they only have a couple hundred stores. So 16 stores is 8% of the you know, store base They have base a giant advantage over a lot of retailers. What's that? Which is, well, they've managed to get their name attached to a home furnishing item, the Tiffany lamp. Oh, I hadn't thought about yeah, that, Yeah, it's actually. just 
Now, not everyone may have one, but everybody knows about it. The symbol here is TIF. It's on page 2221. Pays a, almost a 2.5% yield. I've got a $3.4 billion market cap, about $700 million of debt, which is only 21% of capital. Not really that much debt. I, they're very liquid balance sheet, $160 million of cash at the end of January when inventories were up significantly, and so probably some carryover from a disappointing holiday season. It's going to bolster liquidity as they run off that inventory. Again, I don't know why Value Line doesn't think with uh, store growth in a crummy worldwide recession year expected because of strong growth in China, why they wouldn't be able to grow faster than that as a normalized number. So um, returns about to get better because they've closed a money-losing unit. Um, I, you know, it's just very, very high quality. Buy it when it's on sale and, you know, plan on owning it for a long time. Tiffany TIF. And then lastly, don't tend to like high volume commodity players, but, uh, you know, Costco is a lot cheaper than, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, well, just absolute price. And you've been able to buy it since 2005 and, uh, around $46 recently. And I like them. I think my thesis here is that they are uh, they're starting to um, uh, compete uh, reasonably effectively in terms of scale. I mean, who can compete with Walmart scale? But this company now has seventy more than seventy billion of revenue, more than five hundred stores. Are continuing to add stores. There is still share in the uh, what do you call this? The wholesale membership warehouse. Business. I well, mean, Walmart is delivering individual sizes to individual purchases. These guys save yeah. money by delivering. Well, you uh, do, you buy bulk, size. right? And I mean, it could be paper towels or smoked salmon. Um, they they're carrying a lot of debt, actually, two point three billion, but up three point three billion in cash. And uh, of that two point four billion, almost of debt, less than a billion is due in the next five years. So. Balance sheet looks like it's in you know very liquid, good shape. I get a total enterprise value of almost eighteen and a half billion. Uh, there's about two and a half billion of operating income that we can expect in this lousy two thousand nine, according to Value Line. That gives me a multiple of about seven point four percent. That's a it's like a thirteen percent return or something. Here again, Value Line looking for cash flow to grow seven, earning six. I don't understand why they operate. Uh, 400 plus stores in the U.S., but the rest of the uh, the rest of the company is 100 plus stores. There can be a lot more density than that in the developed world, and ultimately someday in the developing world. So, cost C O S T. If you uh, doubt what I say about uh, how strong a competitor are they are, pricing has been an issue. Of course, there was apparently a typo here in the value line report. It says prices are down 40 percent. I think that's probably four, but um, uh, membership trends, it says, are holding up. They have an industry-leading 87% renewal rate. Uh, prices are going down on commodities, so there's some support for margins in a very difficult retail environment. So call it a scale play at you know an attractive price with good long-term potential. Costco, COST. I'm going to say of, my, of the three, my favorite idea is I'm going to go with Tiffany as a global brand with a a lot of worldwide uh, growth potential. My favorite this week is Talbots. I forgot to mention, you know, they have a 54% owner, Aon, Aon, A-E-O-N, 
and they've been pumping money into this thing, so I think it's safe from that end. Talbot's TLB, page 2220, and that's... Uh, I guess that's a wrap for this week. Again, thank everybody for their patience, and we'll see you next week.